Well, who's ready to hit the reset button? Anybody? Anybody glad 2018 is behind us? Wow, like three of us. Ready for 2019. I remember long, long ago in a galaxy far enough. <laughs> no. Um, I remember a long time ago thinking, man, the year 2000, that is so far away. That's like we're going to be in cars that fly, right? We're going we're, we're to have computers that talk to us. Oh, we have that. Um, we, we can walk into our, our home and say, Alexa, turn on the living room lights, and it turns it on. Alexa, turn on the dining room lights, and it turns it on. We got one of those, the little Echo Dot thing from a, a friend for Christmas. And just to be mean to my wife, I, no, don't, don't mean to offend if this is your style of music. You, you just chug right along um, with it if you can. And um, I was in the kitchen and I said, Alexa, play some country western music. And then I just walked off. <laughs> Cynthia goes, stop. <laughs> you have to say, Alexa, stop. <laughs> So what, what we're doing is we're entering a new series. We began last week, but this is really the, the first part in it. Last week was introduction on reset. And what we're talking about is, is we, we're asking God to reset us in our relationship with him. And, and, and we talked about a, a few things last week. Uh, we, we talked about sometimes that we just get to a place that it's just kind of It'd be great if we could just start over. I, I don't know if you've ever, ever done this before. Any of you ever said or done something, and as soon as you said it, you wish you could take that back? Does that, that ever happen? Happened to you on the way to church this morning? No. Sometimes we just kind of wish, I wish that there was a reset button. We could just reset. Well, there kind of is in our relationship with God. We can reset with Him. And, and last week we talked about that, and, and we talked about really... That, that when we're, when we're resetting, there's some, there are four areas, and we'll discuss this in a series beginning today, four areas that, that really we need to reset in if we want to reset with our relationship with God. The first one is our heart. And when we're talking about resetting our heart, we're talking about that's our desires. Those are, those are our, our, our wants and our wishes. And, and I don't know about you, but man, there are some times that... I, I want my heart to want something differently than it does. Has that ever happened to you? I, we, we talked about sometimes maybe that's reading God's word. Have you ever prayed the prayer, Lord, give me a passion for your word. Give me a desire for your word. I, I know that, that, that I prayed many times, Lord, give me a desire to spend more time with you. Lord, give me a desire for the things that you desire. And, and then, if we're not careful, we, we end up right back in the same rut that we're in. We just need to hit reset uh, with our heart with God. The next thing is our mind. H- have you ever done this? H- have you ever, you ever, like, something popped out of your mouth, and you're like, where did that come from? Has that ever happened? Yeah? I was, th- this has been a while now, and, and some of you may have heard me uh, mention this, but, but, but I was in the, in the house and, and there, there was one thing my dad used to say, man, it would just drive me crazy. Just drove me nuts. If you ever dared ask my dad why, when you could or could not do something, 
You know what his answer was? Because I said so. And I hated that. Just, just tell me why. And then I had kids. And one day the wise just didn't seem to quit. And I don't know where he came from, but I heard my dad say, because I said so. And he wasn't even there. So, so the next thing that we're going to talk about next week is, is resetting our mind. That's our thoughts and our beliefs, the things that happen inside. And, and, and really, uh, we know that, that our, our thoughts and our beliefs determine the things that we do. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, after that, our voice. When I'm talking about voice, I'm not only talking about the words that we say, even though that's part of it, but it's our words and our actions. When we're talking about voice, we're talking about the part that comes from us to other people. And, and I know that, that we've all been there, you know, we, we've all just like, I don't want to come across that way anymore. I don't want people to perceive me that way anymore. And, and so that's what we're talking about in voice. And, and sometimes, if we're, if really, if we want to reset in our relationship with God, we, we need to reset our voice, that, that part that goes out from us. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but, but there have been times when I, I really wanted to share Jesus with somebody. And the first thought was, oh, you know what? They were behind me at Walmart the other day. <laughs> and they saw me lose my temper. We need to be really careful because sometimes that part that goes out from us can keep people from hearing the good news, the gospel about Jesus. So, so we need to reset our voice, that part that comes from us, our our words and our actions. And then finally, we'll end this series with resetting our hands. <laughs> when we're talking about that, we're talking about our service, the way that we serve God. Sometimes we just need to hit, and, and if we're going to talk about resetting in our relationship with God, we just need to hit reset in, in the way that we serve, just that, that whole mindset. Uh, we, we say this, and I've said it too, um, um, you know, that, that, that when we give to God, you know, when we give our tithes and our offerings or we serve him, when we're giving to God, what, what's really funny is we, we need to remember that it all comes from him. There's nothing that doesn't belong to him anyway. Um, you know, that would be like my daughter giving some of her allowance to me. Hey, do you know where you got that? Well, actually, we don't give allowance to her. If she has money, she got it from somewhere else. <laughs> It all belongs to him. Just kind of a, a change in, in the way that we think about serving. And so today we're, we're going to begin. We're going to begin with resetting our heart. I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I don't know if you've ever said something and, or you did something and you think, where did that come from? Well, you've heard the saying. I, I know my dad used to say it to me a lot. Uh, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. You ever heard that? Yeah, my dad grew up on a, in the country. Uh, I never heard that. I mean, I never experienced that in the city. But what's in the well comes up in the bucket. And, and so today what we're going to talk about in resetting our heart is resetting what's in the well. To reset what's in our heart. And I want to do it by, by taking a look at a guy in Scripture that, that had a reset in a big way. And that's King David. You heard of him, right? 
Some would say the greatest king that Israel ever had. In 1 Samuel and in Acts, it refers to David as a man after God's own heart. Now that's big. I kind of want that to be on my my tombstone. Or or maybe with Moses, you know, friend of God. You know, a man after God's own heart. That was David. And when we talk about the story that we're going to talk about today, it's kind of weird to think that that's what Scripture refers to him as. Turn, turn, if you would, to Psalm chapter 51. Some of you are a little bit worried now. We're going to do the whole chapter. Really, we're going to focus on three verses uh, from the chapter. But Psalm 51. You know the story. This is one that we tell the kids. And, and uh, I, I've never actually been in when someone else has told this story to the kids. I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear the way that they approach it. This is the story of David and Bathsheba. Right? Uh, one of those that, that, that can get a little bit touchy, so we'll be a little bit touchy as we, as we share the story. So David should have actually been out at war. It was a time when kings went to war, and he wasn't. He was, he was at home in his temple. And David saw Bathsheba, and just kind of a, the Bible's so much fun. Just, just I love language. David saw Bathsheba. What was Bathsheba doing? Taking a bath, because her name's Bathsheba. I know, see? The Bible's fun. And, and from where the palace was, I mean, that, that wasn't like she, you know, uh, she would have gotten arrested for doing that out here. But, but this was on her, her roof where she would normally do that. And from the view of the palace, um, you know, ha, ha, was the highest view in the land, and, and you could see that. And, and long story short, David had an affair with her. David tried to cover it up. Um, it ended with um, Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, being killed on purpose in battle. Uh, took her in, tried to make it, make it look like he was being the good guy, taking this widow in. And he thought he got away with it. Until one of those pesky preacher guys, <laughs> prophet by the name of Nathan. Nathan comes to him, and you guys remember the story. I, I love the way God does things. So God uses Nathan the prophet to confront David. Well, Nathan could have been killed like that. Whatever the king said, that's what happened. So Nathan comes to David and no doubt David is still racked with guilt from the things he had done and then the things he had done to cover up his sin. His sin. And uh, Nathan tells him a story. He says, you know, there's a rich man. And he had company come over. And, and so he wanted to have a feast for them. And rather than sacrificing his own sheep uh, for the feast, he looked at the poor man who lived next to him, and he took the poor man's ewe lamb, the little pet lamb that he had, and, and that's what he used to sacrifice for this feast. David became furious. Now, I think the reason I think he was ridden with guilt is because of his reaction. He, he, he was furious. This rich man who had so much would take from the one man that that's what he had, that was his beloved little lamb, and sacrifice it, and and so David said, bring me the man. 
And Nathan, I, I, this is, I, I told you, when I read Scripture, I read it like a novel. I'm there. I get immersed into it. And, and I can picture Nathan. I, I assume he had a long, bony finger. That's not in Scripture. That's just my imagination. Pointed his long, bony finger right at David in the face and said, You are the man. And confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba. And that's the man after God's own heart. (laughs) The reason, I still have 30 more minutes, just for sake, in case somebody knows. The the reason, that's going to be mine probably next week. The reason David was called the the man after God's own heart wasn't because he didn't sin. It's because of what happened when he was confronted with the sin. And that's what we have in Psalm chapter 51, let me, let me pick out, I just want to pick out three verses uh, for you. You can read the whole thing. It's really good. This is a, a neat, it's just a neat picture of what needs to happen in us whenever we're confronted with our sin. But let me, let me read to you just three verses. I want to begin verse one. Uh, and in fact, let me, let me just start. There's some instructions in here. Uh, Psalms are really good because it has instructions. There are actually songs that were sung. This would have been uh, a fun song. But it says, To the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Here's what David prayed. Here's what David's prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. I love that. We... We don't normally... I think, react that way when we're confronted with our sin. David's heart was in a bad place. He was in a bad place. That's why he did bad things with Bathsheba. And, And David needed a reset with his heart. And and here's how David begins. This is what reset looks like for David. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. David isn't justifying, he's not rationalizing his sin at all. He simply comes to God and just says, Lord, I need a reset in my heart. God, I need a change in my heart. And then the next verse that I want us to read is, is verse 10. And I, and I love this. Now, this is a song that we've actually sung. Um, I, I think, I don't know if Melody Green wrote it and Keith Green sang it. or I don't know kind of how that worked. But it's verse 10. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, I, I need, I need a, a reset. And, and Lord, it needs to begin in my heart. And I just love the way that, that he says this. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. God, I, I just need to get back where I need to be with you. And, and, and Lord, you need to do that in me. I can't do that. Any of you ever try to clean up your act? You ever told somebody? Maybe this morning on the way here, you turned back and said, clean up your act, son. 
we don't do that well, do we? I'm not really good at cleaning up my heart. <laughs> and it's because we can't. That's something only God can do. And, and, and I just love the way that, that, that David does it. David comes to God, basically throws himself at the mercy of God, and then he says, Lord, create in me a clean heart. I need a reset. I need to go back. And then he says, renew a right spirit within me. Lord, make it right. That's what righteousness really means. When we talk about righteousness, we think of being perfect, and we will be someday. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, when we're with the Lord in heaven, we'll be perfect. And you're all looking at me going, ain't no way. No. We will be someday. Righteous simply means being right with God. And, and David says, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He's saying, God, reset my heart. I, I want to be back where I'm supposed to be with you. And he doesn't say, God, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. God, I'm going to start praying to you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Lord, I'm going to start giving 10 and a quarter percent. See, David knows that a reset in a relationship with God starts in the heart. And, and it's not something we can do. We just have to ask God, God, would you reset my heart? Would you just clean it up? Would, would, would you make it right again with you? And then verse 12, I love this part. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Let me just clarify really quickly. David wasn't saved, then he got lost, and he's getting saved again. He's not talking about that at all. He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, I, I know you never left me. I know you never abandoned me. But, but God, I just want the joy of walking with you. I, I just want to be, be right with you. And, and Lord, start with my heart. That's what, that's what a reset of the heart looks like. And, and man, let me tell you, I can pretty well guarantee, as far as I know, I know most of you fairly well, nobody in here did what David's done. Um, unless you murdered somebody and you got off scot-free. <laughs> nobody in here has done what David has done. And yet sometimes we feel like, I don't know, I, just, I don't think God can do that. Man, you don't know what's in my heart. You don't, know, you don't know where my heart goes when somebody hurts me, when somebody wrongs me. I bet you it didn't go where David's heart went. And yet we have the perfect picture of a heart reset with David. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, I want to walk with you. I want to have a clean heart. I want you to, to renew a, a right spirit. Make my spirit right with yours. And God, I want to walk in the joy that I know I'm supposed to have in walking with you. Joy is way better than happiness. Anybody, I hear this all the time in the world. Um, he doesn't make me happy, she doesn't make me happy, that doesn't make me happy. And I'm thinking, 
somewhere somewhere we we got it wrong i don't know this is going to so probably yank the rug out from some of you i don't know that god's desire for us is to be happy i'm pretty sure i'm not going to be happy here um, anybody ever have a flat tire while you're driving 75 miles an hour down a highway and it's the front right tire? Whole tread came off my truck one time. I, I did some real quick praying. <laughs> but I wasn't happy. <laughs> and I wasn't happy in summertime in the, the heat. On I was on I-70 heading to Las Cruces. Not I-70. Wow, that's a whole different place. On 70 heading to Cruces. In the heat, changing a tire that I'd never changed, and everybody driving by at 75, 80 miles an hour, rocking my truck every time. I wasn't happy. I don't know that God's desire for us is to be happy. I know that God wants us to have joy. And joy doesn't depend on what's happening. Joy depends on Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be right with God. I want my heart to be right. I want my heart to be clean. I want what comes up out of the well to be the fruit of the Spirit. I want what comes up out of the well to be... I want people to say, you know what? Man, you can tell that that guy walks with Jesus. I don't want him to say, he's a pastor? <laughs> I didn't... I don't think pastors are supposed to act like that. Somehow, I, I, I know this, this is going to, this will deflate me in some of your eyes, but pastors aren't perfect. I know, right? <laughs> some pastors are way less perfect than others. And, and yet, if we say we're a follower of Jesus, then what we, ought, what we do should look like Jesus, shouldn't it? And that's what I want. I want God to so change my heart. I want God to so renew my heart. I want God to so clean my heart that what comes out of the well, and that means when somebody takes your parking place at Walmart, uh, that means when you smash your thumb with a hammer, uh, that means when you nearly, I even forgot which one it was, this one, when you nearly cut off the fingertip with a jigsaw. By the way, good safety tip for 2019, always unplug your power tools before you change the blades. I'm just saying. Mm, that hurt. I want what comes out of the well to be Jesus. I want it to look like Him in every situation, in every circumstance. I need, I need a heart reset. So let me quickly give you three things that we need to do uh, for a, a reset. We talked to, just mentioned them last week, but three things that, that we need to do for a reset. The first one, is surrender. And I know you're like, man, what do we start with a hard one? Maybe. Surrender, that means you give it all to God. Listen, here's the thing. You can't change your heart. You just can't. You can't clean up your heart. I can't clean up mine. We just, we just need to surrender. Just give it to God and say, you know what, God, I, this is something, I love the way David did it. David said, God, you created me a clean heart. You do that. And just that means that we just have to surrender. God, I just surrender my heart to you. 
God, I, I want... I want what's in my heart to reflect who you are. The second one is hope. And, and the way that we talked about this is that means we're putting our trust in Jesus alone. And, and when we're talking about a heart reset, what we're saying is, Jesus, that's something only you can do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust only in you, not in me, not in these five steps, not in, in these this, this program, not in this, this Bible study. I'm going to trust only in you that you reset my heart. And then finally, we talked about focus. And really, that means putting aside all distractions. Let me clarify that just a bit. This is something we have to put aside. That means that we might have to cut out some stuff. You can't change your heart, but you can change some of the things around. And, and if we really want a heart reset, it, it means that, that we're going to have to focus. We're, we're going to have to get rid of things that would pull us away from God. When we talk with our teenagers, we talk about music a lot. But for you, that might be the thing. The reason I pick on country western music a lot is because this was the country western music my dad listened to. Um, it was stuff like who's cheating who, who's being true, and who don't even care anymore. These boots were made for walking, right? Here's my favorite one. My wife ran off with my best friend, and I miss him. That's a real, it's an old one. It's a real country western song. <laughs> Putting aside things that would pull us away. For some of us, that might be music. It might be movies. It might be a person. But those are the three things that we need to do if we want a, a heart reset just surrender, God, I give it to you. Just trust or hope, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting only in you to do this. And then focus, God, I'm willing to put aside things that would pull me away. And, and here's a, a passage that, that really um, describes this well for me. Uh, some of you may have memorized it. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you haven't memorized it, this is a good scripture to memorize. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths or He will make your paths straight. Let me unpack that. I'm going I'm to put that in two, two things for us. One, that we trust in the Lord, not in ourselves. We just trust in Him, not in us. And then the second part is that we invite the Lord into every area of our heart. I don't know about you, but I tend to keep some of the doors of my heart kind of closed. We had family here over uh, Christmas, and uh, they're here from Christmas to New Year's, and had a great time spending time with them. Um, 
But, but do you guys ever do this like when you have family, especially if it's not someone that comes over a lot of time, like you go through and clean? Every time I clean, in fact, I did it for my office this week. Every time I clean, there's always one room I need to keep the door shut afterwards. <laughs> yeah? So some of you now, you're going to go over looking around the church. Where, where, where's the closet he put all that junk in? <laughs> I didn't even go in there. Sorry about that, Kurt. <laughs> Sometimes we do that with our heart. If we really want a heart reset, we, we need to invite Jesus into every area of our heart. We can't say, Lord, clean my heart. Wait, but not that part. Let, let's don't, we'll worry about that later. Lord, renew a right spirit in me. Make me right with you. Well, I mean, except for that part. I'm going to leave that one alone. It's a total surrender. We just have to say, God, I just give my heart to you. And I invite you to walk through every room. I invite you to open every door. God, I just want to invite you into every area of my heart. So that you can create in me a clean heart. You can renew a right spirit in me. That you can restore to me the joy of your salvation that I know you want me to have. And that I want to have. Trust in him, not in yourself. And invite him into every area of your heart. Let's pray. God, there are some prayers that for us are are a little bit scary. And and God, this may be one for many. I know sometimes it is for me. Because when we say that we trust you and not ourselves, it means that we trust you to do whatever you desire in us. And sometimes we're afraid that, Lord, you're going to do some things that we're, we're maybe not ready for yet. And when we ask you to, to come into every area of our heart, Lord, a lot of us know which door you're going to go knocking on. We may not really want you to see what's in that room. And yet, God, we know that if, if you're going to reset our heart, if you're going to clean up our heart, if you're going to restore us to a right relationship with you, God, that we, we just have to surrender it all to you. takes a huge amount of trust for us to do that but we know that you're you're worthy of our trust that you're faithful that you love us so holy spirit i pray today that that you would just work in our hearts just knock on the doors of our hearts as we surrender to you god i pray that you just just begin that process of cleaning our heart And Lord, that you would restore us to a right relationship, that you would reset our heart with you. Begin to work in, in ways, God, that we can't even imagine. So that what comes from our heart, Lord, is a reflection of who you are. Not a reflection of who we were. God, we pray this trusting you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, here's what I would ask you to do. Two scary prayers.
And here's what makes them so scary, because God answers these kind of prayers. Lord, give me a new car. Well, he'll answer that one. He might say no. (laughs) Um, It might be a, a new old car. But how God answers that one might vary. But when you pray, God, search my heart. If you find anything that's not pleasing to you, would you just reveal that to me? Lord, would you clean my heart? He answers those prayers. Every single time. When you say, God, I I trust you. Would you do whatever you desire in me? He'll answer that prayer. That's what makes them scary. You can count on God answering these. But I'd ask you, as we start off this new year, by hitting the reset button on our heart with God. Would you do that? You can do it in, in the chair where you are. If you want to come, sometimes, sometimes actually making a, a physical move and coming down and, and kneeling and praying kind of helps us to solidify that. If, if you want to do that, you're welcome to come and pray uh, just here around the, the altar. Or maybe you want to pray with somebody. I'll be glad to do that. We have others that will be glad to pray with you. But would you with me just hit the reset button on our hearts with God this morning? You stand and respond as we sing.